Bonnie, what is what is on your tie? Music notes. Oh, very nice. Ooh. Yes. Well, oh, I, 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 you know, if you look very closely, it's the Star Trek theme. <laughs> I was going to say, we can say it. Totally what going to know. <laughs> no one will know. It's, yeah, it's the whole, it's just, it's uh, the whale theme from Voyage Home. That's what that <laughs> is. Mm -hmm. now, now I really do want somebody to play your tie. <laughs> I have a piano right here, so. <laughs> play us in. <laughs> okay. There, well, I, I was just—I was just reading an article the other day of uh, you know Hieronymus Bosch. You know he was famous for all these really elaborate triptychs showing like demons and surreal creatures and stuff. And apparently, in one of his depictions of hell, on this little tiny corner of his painting, uh, there was like a, a a tortured soul that had musical notes written on his butt. And then someone actually played it, and it was an actual chorale that he had written onto this guy's butt in his painting. It's a hit. It's a hit, man. You know, and that is what I call using your assets. Um. <laughs> there it is. Man. Oh, boy. Uh, so this is this is a fun. This is I think we've got a fun group. Uh, I've I met most everybody here. Well, I mean, Jason's here, so. Yeah, I'm going to keep everything sort of down here. Everyone else have fun. <laughs> that's what I that's why I love Jason because he thinks that he's the not the smartest person in the room but then he'll come in and he'll so he'll come in and he'll just he'll lay down the wisdom and you were just like yeah Jason you got it like that it's it's fantastic yeah he's the one who walks away with all of our money at the end of the night yep have I got, have exactly. I got no, an yeah. opportunity for you guys. He's like, how about we make this podcast interesting? <laughs> Wait a minute. I didn't money on it. I didn't know I was coming into a pyramid scheme. What's happening here? That's the best type of podcast, a pyramid scheme. <laughs> That's how you know you've won. Multi-level marketing. All right, guys. Uh, so we're gonna be selling some herbal life. So I hope you guys are interested in our oh, wow. <laughs> um, oh, no. <laughs> it's the nutritional supplement of the future. Exactly. What it, What do you think those little cubes are in Star Trek? It's just Herbalife. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's a TOS reference right there. People paying attention at home. Yeah. Oh, I man. wonder. I wonder if the replicator can can make Herbalife. I'm sure it can, right? Like if you were. I I think it might say you know no when you ask for it, but. <laughs> You know, you have to program Herbalife as something special. Otherwise, the computer doesn't know. So when you say like T Earl Grey hot, it's just mm -hmm. Herbalife. That's all it is. That's <laughs> there is one. Well, there is 100 percent a Ferengi version of Herbalife. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Is it like yeah. Fergalife? What would what would Ferengi <laughs> Herbalife be? Seems like a yeah. Ferengi thing. Well, it's like how they say synthahol was invented by the Ferengi as a way to entice uh, the the clean cut federation to spend money on on uh, alcohol, but they invented the formula and leased it to the federation. That's what I think I read. Um, that sounds so like that's the most Ferengi sounding thing that's ever Ferengi. <laughs> like that that <laughs> just sounds perfect. Oh my goodness. Uh, speaking of sounding perfect, what's up, fandom? I'm Josh, and I'm joined again by co-host Jaden. Uh, we have the incomparable Jason Simpson. It's also hey. audio. There it is. <laughs> I was about to say, it's also an audio podcast, Jason. Uh, I don't like to use my phone.
we also uh, coming back again. We have Aaron Walkie. Hello, hello. Thanks we for having have, me. We uh, have the wonderful and tie-wearing Bill Wolkoff. Hello. Uh, for those who are just listening, uh, 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 Josh and Bonnie and Jason are also wearing ties to support my tie habit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wearing my my pumpkin tie, which mm. I can really only wear one month out of out of the year. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you, you know, and this is the sweet spot, too, this week right here. So, I think so. you can get away with September. Or no, you're able to get away with September once. I think once pumpkin spice hits Starbucks and Dunkin', I think you're allowed. So I think it was September yeah. this year. So I think you're okay. Also, pumpkin pie is huge in November. I don't. I don't yeah. know if you know yeah, this. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. That's true. And, just, and anybody, just... if anyone asks, just say it's a squash. <laughs> yeah, if you if you switch out the tie clip to be like a Starbucks mug or a turkey, <laughs> then I think you can get a little extra mileage out of it. Mm-hmm. Great suggestions. Oh, yeah. I'm, the, the 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 pumpkin tie is is his its life is extended. Also, Bill, I don't know if you noticed, but I have a giant pumpkin behind me in my room uh, that is up full, all year round that has Janeway's face on it. So pumpkins are <laughs> universal. If you want, you keep the pumpkin up. All year, put it on the tie. <laughs> February, great time for pumpkins, you know. Mm-hmm. And joining us for the first time, we have oh. Bonnie Court. Oh yeah, I'm a, <laughs> everyone's like, "Who's this weirdo?" It's me. <laughs> I do, I do like that. It was like, we're just not going to introduce Bonnie. Like Bonnie's gonna. You know, like, I was thinking about. It, I was like, maybe we just don't. Maybe we you just know don't. What? You know what, darling? I don't need an introduction. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, Actually, please do. <laughs> And uh, today we're going to be talking some Star Trek because, I don't know, just because it's there. Um, one of those things that a lot of us grew up with. Nice little bit of sci-fi because uh, this weekend Dune came out. So what better way to talk about Dune than <laughs> us talking about Star Trek? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to go around. Um, so let's start with Bonnie first. Uh, Bonnie, what is your connection currently with the wonderful Star Trek franchises. Oh, Frenchie's eyes. I've been connected to Star Trek for many, many years through the Star Trek experience in Vegas. Also a couple Star Trek TTRPG shows on Geek and Sundry and other Twitch channels. However, I am now a part of Star Trek Prodigy as the voice of the ship's computer. And I'm very excited to be official Trek canon. That's true. You're the heir apparent to Majel Barrett. Acknowledged. There you go. <laughs> Spoiler, everybody. You just got a sneak peek. <laughs> um, uh, what about you, Aaron? What do you do? So I am, you know, I, I, I've, I've always liked Bonnie. Uh, Trek has been sort of part of my life for pretty much as long as I can remember. But I am currently uh, the co-EP and uh, head writer on uh, Star Trek Prodigy. And I was a writer and producer on uh, on the first season. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing at the moment. <laughs> and nice. And, and showrunner of our hearts. Yes. <laughs> if, if you if you make a mistake on Twitter, you can't edit it. So they need to put an edit button on there. So Josh doesn't look like an idiot when he posts. I, well, know. To- I was about to say congratulations on the promotion, Aaron. <laughs> you never know. I'm just, well, to- I'm putting to- that out there for you. To be Hagen fair, out. Aaron's in. <laughs> to be fair, I am oh, no. an animation showrunner as well, just not on Star Trek at the moment. I'm just uh, executive producing. So, just 
you know, just. Just. Uh, <laughs> and Bill, who wears ties, what you doing? <laughs> Uh, well, I am uh, a very lucky Star Trek nerd who has been a fan of the show uh, his whole life and now am getting to write for it on an on a upcoming show called Strange New Worlds. Um, I'm one of the writer producers on uh, this show, which I can say absolutely nothing about on this podcast <laughs> well that's the <laughs> big talk thing about all other things star trek and uh but but not probably anything about the show that i'm actually working on <laughs> which that's that's going to be it for everything we're not really gonna like you're not gonna get any prodigy stuff here guys sorry you're not gonna get any strange new world stuff we're just gonna talk Star Trek in general. Bill, if I send you a couple copies of Hell on Wheels, can you get Ansem to sign those for me? It's like, <laughs> that would be pretty baller. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I, I I think that that could be arranged. I, I think he would be excited about that too. Oh. He, he, is, he is very, you know, uh, uh, responsive to people, who, you know, who, uh, made him who he is so um that's yeah uh yeah i think that can he happen. seems he I seems super fun he seems <laughs> super fun he he was a nice guy i i spoke with him very briefly at star trek day and he was he was top notch so uh if he doesn't sign your hell on wheels scripts then i don't know what to tell you that's I th you. it's just like he doesn't like you that's, oh no that's that's how you know Ansem mouth doesn't care he's like i'm not gonna sign you hell on wheels stuff uh, I have a quick uh, a signing of something, uh, star signing uh, something aside, not Anson involved, and I will also uh, echo everybody's uh, uh, praise of Anson. He's he's awesome, um, and he is he is he is our captain. So I'll say that about you know like to the crew. Uh, spoilers. Um, spoilers. <laughs> um, but I will I will say that uh, say that about him. Um, I, I just a quick story. Um, my my favorite getting something signed story. One of my uh, when I first moved out here, um, uh, two of my friends worked on uh, Muppets Tonight, um, which has this story has nothing to do with Star Trek except for one thing, and it's it's even tangential to the story, which is tangential to everything. Uh, Muppets Tonight um, was um, uh, one of the producers and writers and puppeteers in that show was Kirk Thatcher, who uh, plays uh, the punk in Star Trek for the Voyage Home. Uh, uh, who gives uh, uh, Spock and Kirk the finger and get blah, blah, blah. Uh, anyways, but he that has nothing to do with this story. I uh, my, my friend who was a PA on it um, uh, uh, said, hey, Bill, Jason Alexander is the guest star this week. And I said, oh, my God, um, I'm a huge musical theater nerd. And I have uh, uh, an original record of uh, uh, Merrily We Roll Along. Um, could you get him to sign it for me? Um, and he is like, what? Yeah, okay. Um, so he went to the, the, you know, the 80s, the eighties and said, can Jason sign this? And apparently Jason Alexander flipped out that somebody, A, knew that he was in <laughs> Merrily We Roll Along yeah. and wanted to sign it. Um, so, um, I got a great signature and, uh, it, the days before, you know, camera phones, uh, a very effusive Jason Alexander that that went un unrecorded apparently. But uh, uh, all that to say, uh, Josh, I do think maybe Anson would be excited to sign your. Uh, uh, Wait a segue. Wait a segue. <laughs> well, I mean, Jason I, I love that roundabout tangent in order to get there because that is what this whole entire podcast is. It's just tangents. 
that's what we do 90% of the time. Ask Jason. He would tell but you Jason, a whole... Jason Alexander is yeah, now J- officially, uh, well, twice now. He's, he's making a return to Star Trek. He yep. was on an episode of Voyager called Think Tank. And now he has officially joined the cast of Prodigy as Dr. Noam. Yeah, so cool. it is not a, a, a non sequitur. It is fully related to Star Trek. Fun fact, he's also a magician and a member of the Magic Castle, which is how I know him. So we all who loves who doesn't love Alex, uh, Jason Alexander and also Jason Simpson, our amazing other Jason. <laughs> That's a segue. <laughs> I would, yeah, that was my segue. I'm, you know, I'm just going to segue away this way. Uh, well, let's go ahead and kind of get started. Um, you want to know my connection to Star Trek? Not particularly. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, Jason, what you got? Huh. Well, uh, I once did a show called Beyond Belief with Jonathan Frakes um, 20 years ago. Were you a fact or a fiction? I was Ooh. a fact. Thank you for the beautiful pause there. Mm. <laughs> I had to remember. I played a murderous... Uh, I played a murderer. Anyway, uh, my second one... I was doing a Western and uh, I went into wardrobe and the lovely um, lady who was fitting me said, you have the largest head uh, <laughs> in, in the world. Now, one of my bucket list items is to play a Klingon. I have had that since I was a child. Um, and she, I went in for wardrobe the next day and she said, I have a hat for you. And uh, this is, was worn by the only other person I know that has a head this big, Michael Dorn. And so I kind of thought this is two for one. I two, my two bucket lists play be a cowboy and be a Klingon. And I kind of, you know, I got the same hat as Michael Dorn. So I was pretty stoked about that. There we go. Some Dorn sweat on my head. <laughs> I mean, and Dorn's uh, and Dorn sweat is more than likely Ridge sweat. So, I mean, you probably got a little bit on there. <laughs> this was when he was actually Michael Dorn and not a Klingon. You could probably clone that, use that for. Yeah. Sell that, do you still have access to that hat? Sell that puppy I on eBay? Stole it, and... I've tasted it. I smelled it. I scraped <laughs> it off. I mm. no, no. Uh, let's hey, kind of go. We're we're gonna deep dive now. So let's kind of go everybody's first experiences with Star Trek. So I'm mm. um, gonna make you you know dig deep into that memory. Um, so have fun there. Um, let's start, Jaden. What was your first experience with O Star Trek? Um, I feel like out of everybody here, I'm probably the one that's been into it the shortest amount of time. I got into Star Trek a little later on, like in my early 20s. And it was me and my best friend. We bonded over it because we just love sci-fi and space. And we started watching um, the original series, like, and we would call each other, like, our Kirk to our Spock. Like, I was Spock to her Kirk. And um, uh, we got into that and the next generation. So I haven't seen every single Star Trek series. Um, I've mostly just seen the first two. And the most recent ones, the one I've really come to love is Discovery. I'm so, so, so into Discovery and Picard as well because of their ties to the original and the next generation. And, of course, Lower Decks super into lower decks love that one but um yeah so mine is a little bit more recent than everybody else's but it's kind of how i'm super connected to my best friend nice um bill what about you uh well i'm i think i'm a little bit older than Jaden. um <laughs> so <laughs> I, mine goes back to the original series um i and i i wasn't you know 
I didn't watch it when the original series was originally airing. I'm not quite that old, but I uh, original series was in repeats when I was in grade school. Um, and I think my first uh, discovery of it was uh, seeing it in syndication. And also in our school library, there were a ton of novelizations of episodes. And I started reading those and getting really into it. And um, my, my, then I started watching it on TV and people who have seen the original series will know at the end of a lot of the episodes, you see a, um, a Baylock uh, head. Uh, it, like at the, it's like the last credit. This is, there's a Baylock head right there. Um, and I, I was obsessed with seeing the episode uh, where Baylock appears. Yes, yes. Um, and I mean, and I enjoyed what I was watching, but I was like, I, I, I so I could not miss a single Star Trek because I didn't want to miss the one where I finally got to see Baylock. And this was before, <laughs> long before the internet, long before you could easily look that up. Like what's the green headed alien on Star Trek? So I, I had no idea what it was. I just knew that, that this alien was going to appear and finally, the Corbomite maneuver came on, and when I found out, sorry, spoiler, if you haven't seen it, but the episode aired. <laughs> yeah, the episode <laughs> aired like 50-something <laughs> years ago, or 60 Spoiler. years ago. It's been yeah. a bit. <laughs> Spoiler alert. This Spoiler. <laughs> Baylock is not a giant, um, like, big-headed alien. He's actually a strange, like, child <laughs> adult alien played by Clint Howard. But when that, like, that blew my mind because I had this big expectation, and they totally got me, and I was in on the series after that and then uh, the first movie i saw was um uh wrath of khan and i got to see that in theaters when when it uh when it you know came out and was really gutted and devastated and like i remember uh going to school on the bus the weekend after it opened and all these other kids were were devastated that spock was dead um and uh anyway so that was like that was the spoilers. beginning of my spoiler. Again, another spoiler. <laughs> we have to put a spoiler warning at the top of this. If you haven't seen any Star Trek whatsoever, don't listen to this. Why are you watching this? <laughs> Just kidding. So that was that was the beginning of my my you know my relationship with the show. Um, and I've gone on to consume, you know, all of the I have some some blind spots. There's some shows that I haven't seen as much of. I have a little bit of a Voyager blind spot. I need to see I have not seen all of Voyager, but um that's uh that's the one then and Enterprise I have a little bit of a blind spot too. Mm -hmm. Um so there's some gaps in my knowledge there, but uh most of the series I've consumed it all and anyways, blah blah blah. <laughs> that's uh, that's, I... that's the oh, one. sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh, you're good, you're good. Uh, what about you, Jason? Uh, yeah, the original. Uh, I watched that as a child, and uh, I too saw that image when I was a kid. And uh, when I was sneaking Star Trek, because my parents didn't like it, I would sneak it, and that would come on, and I'd see that face, and I was so intrigued, but also terrified. Uh, and it was a bit of a letdown when you found out who he actually was. Uh, and then seeing, um, I went and saw uh, the search for Spock in the theaters. My dad, my dad, gave in and took me. And seeing um, uh, Tor Torg, Torg and Torg and Krug. I mean, they're Klingons. John Larroquette played. I believe right. Krug. Yeah. Was and it Torg? Was his name? That might have been. Torg. He played Torg, and then of course Christopher Lloyd. And I thought, I want to be those guys. <laughs> and that's kind of where that started. And then, of course, uh, 4 came out. And 
five and six and on and so on and so forth. But uh, that's where I was hooked, really. I, I I have not seen the motion picture all the way through. And really? I, yeah. The best part is the ending. <laughs> <laughs> that's the part I missed. Yeah, I've, had this, I've had this sort of... Uh, like I'm, something keeps telling me I should watch it, but I kind of like that I haven't. There's a mystery there. And, That's uh, fair. I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, I will say um, probably some of the comfiest looking outfits in Star Trek, I would say, were the motion picture. Mm. Uh, that like white, it, yeah. uh, that like white short sleeve that Kirk and Uhura wear. I'm like, oh my gosh, that seems so comfy. <laughs> like it's got those cool like rolled up yeah. little, you know, things on the on the sleeve. I'm like, oh, those cuffs look nice. And they have belts that don't like I like future I don't belts. Know. Yeah, it's like what is that? It's like a, it's like a fanny pack looking thing, and I'm like, what do you do with this? Is in, that in my, your communicator? Yeah, like, in my unspoken head canon, it had some technological benefit to it. Sort of like the flash ring that he wore actually contained his super suit that he could put on really fast. <laughs> like I thought maybe it was something like that, where it was a communicator, or you know, he could turn it to the right, and uh, you know, it's like the fire the photon torpedoes in, in an emergency situation. <laughs> I also like that, like everybody in that, except I think Kirk is the only one with like an actual like metal emblem. Everybody mm. else, it's just like the little patch. And I'm like- <laughs> They ran out of metal. They were like, Aww. we can only make one. We yeah. gotta give it to one person. Better give it to the Admiral. Everybody mm -hmm. else gets a patch. <laughs> um. I guess I'll go. Uh, my first intro into Star Trek was I, I walked in and my mom was crying at the end of Wrath of Khan when I was a wee child and I didn't understand. And then we watched Search for Spock right after that, after she kind of explained why she was crying. And that kind of got me, you know, hooked into Star Trek. Uh, so then we watched everything else after that. Um, and then... I got into TOS because that was the only Star Trek that I knew. I had only known Kirk and Spock and everything like that. Uh, my uncle, who used to run one of the only like Star Trek conventions in the state of Oklahoma, um, he had a whole box <laughs> of those, uh, the next generation uh, t uh, VHS. And there was like those gray VHS tape that had like two episodes on each, on each one. And so he had like, I don't know, maybe like 40 or those things. So like I watched all of those. Um, I, I met my best friend, Oliver, like we went to school together and we would um, act out scenes from like Next Gen and the movies on the bleachers at school just because we were the only two losers that were into Star Trek at the time. So it was like, yeah, let's do it. Like the Klingon bastards killed my son. You know, we would just like do all kinds of this stuff at the top of just where no one could see us. And it was amazing. Uh, so that's like some of my first memories with that. And I'm actually currently on a watch through of everything again. So I'm like, I'm going to go TOS and then the animated and the next. So we're, we're doing a whole thing and uh, it's, there's a lot of those, uh, it, it's weird, just like the way Amazon Prime has it, they have like the remastered stuff on there for mm -hmm. TOS. So it's really bizarre watching, you know, more updated graphics and animation, right. and then it switches to 66 and you're like, 
that was jarring. Like (laughs) it gets weird sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. There's a part of me that wishes they could have just maybe just kept the, the janky 1960s stuff, but somehow scanned it to be high res. But I think just the way that the special effects were made back then, they were like, ah, it's on four by three. Nobody's ever going to watch this on anything more complicated than this. And, you know, reruns didn't really exist at the time. So they were like, it's just going to be on the air once and done. So nobody's going to, no one will see this string, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that's why, like, if you, sorry, sorry, Josh, but like, that's why if you look at some of the fights in the original series, you can see clearly see the stunt doubles like if in yeah. space scene and, and the fight between Khan and, and Kirk at the end yeah. it is so evident but like in the 60s they're like well nobody's gonna be freeze framing this and looking at this like the resolution so it didn't matter uh and like that's one of those things that's hard to it's, fix. <laughs> I mean, it's could, very but. apparent <laughs> in where no man has come before when Kirk and Gary Mitchell are fighting each other I was watching that and I was like this is who are they? Th- these are two completely different people. Right. One of them has a different haircut. <laughs> like, I think Kirk's okay. He's not even in this scene. Yeah. <laughs> this poor crewman's getting beaten up. Come on, oh Michael. Uh, Bonnie, what about you? Uh, so my my intro to Star Trek was a little uh different than most because I I hadn't really watched it growing up um sometimes it was on around my house and I remember watching seeing next gen and I, I loved Whoopi Goldberg so I was like oh my gosh I love her in this look at that hat Guinan awesome but I didn't really know Star Trek and then I was living in Vegas and I auditioned for the Star Trek experience to be one of the actors and I was I'm a huge you know fantasy sci-fi fan so I was like okay I get the gist I can I can BS my way through this audition it was almost all improv and I had to pretend like I knew what I was talking about and if you don't know Star Trek when you're trying to talk Star Trek they people can tell especially when they're you know doing it so I auditioned and I got hired but the you know the team leader was like you gotta watch Star Trek you gotta you gotta start you're playing a Starfleet officer you gotta know what you're saying if something happens and people are asking you questions you have to be able to talk to them and I'm like yeah no problem it's gonna you know I don't want to ruin the prime directive like I won't say anything you know whatever so I started watching Star Trek and that's what got me hooked so I kind of got a really cool introduction to Star Trek because not only was I watching it, but as I was watching it and getting to learn the characters and getting to know the world, every day I was going and putting on a Starfleet uniform and walking the bridge and like talking to Commander Riker on a screen and Jordy LaForge was telling me to, you know, get them to the shuttle bay and, you know, just all this thing. So I was just like, I am Star Trek, you know, when as I was watching it. And <laughs> then, of all- course, <laughs> once I, once I, um, you know, it closed down in Vegas, I was part of the closing cast and and uh, moved to LA and then I just started watching everything. I went back to the original series and just, oh, I almost almost knocked down my Prodigy mug. Shameless plug. <laughs> um, <laughs> as I almost crashed it to the ground. Uh, but yeah, I just went through everything and devoured Star Trek very quickly. And now, you know, um, I'm in a comedy band that writes parodies about Star Trek, you know. Speaking of Jason, speaking of Klingons, we have a song uh, to Aerosmith's Dream On, and it's like, Klingon, Klingon. It's all about the Klingon, uh, the Klingon nation. So the, the empire, if you want to 
give it a listen. I'll send it to you. Please do. That's that amazing. sounds awesome. Yeah. That's oh awesome. It's, it sounds yeah. like your introduction to Star Trek was almost like studying abroad, just like yeah. immersive studying. Yeah. Like you that's literally ex- entered the bridge. That's exactly what Star- the Star Trek experience was too. We had a Quarks. So we had Ferengi in the gift shop mm-hmm. haggling prices with tourists. We had Klingons and Andorians and um, Ferengi walking around the restaurant, like um, sitting down with people. Like the Klingons would sit down as they were eating their dinner and being like, you know, what is this blood wine? You know, and I mean, it was just so much fun so i i got introduced to star trek a very different way than most because i was i was surrounded by it and i was you know having to interact with all these different alien actors and we were all improvising and having a great time it was such a fun job uh yes what what iteration was it that you were playing what what series uh so they have two different sides of the Star Trek experience. They had a side that was um, next generation based, which is the side I was the most on. It, they put the girls a lot on that side. I think it's because it was the tighter the tighter uniforms. They were like, oh, you know, we can't have showgirls in this <laughs> production, but at least we can have the tight um, spandex outfits. And then they had another side that was um, kind of Voyager based and DS9 based where the doctor was scanning everyone and then the Borg attacked and Jane oh, right. came with Voyager. Mm-hmm. Um, to save the day and like attack the Borg Queen. It was it was really interesting. It was really fun. We had Borg walking around. It was it was interesting. Has who who went who was able to go to Star Trek the experience when it was when it was in the beautiful Hilton? Yeah. Has anyone ever done it? I it's, I did oh. it. I I it's actually a, a huge regret of mine because mm-hmm. it, I, it, when did it close down? Like two thousand eight. Uh, two thousand eight. I moved wow, I moved wow. to L A. right after it closed. Yeah, exactly. See, that's yeah. the thing is like, is it was in, it was in Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I moved to LA, uh, in 2007 and then I, I had not, it didn't strike me as like, Oh, I Vegas is just five hours away. I could just mm-hmm. drive there. I didn't realize it was close enough. And then by the time it was, it was gone. So I was like, well, I'll just wait for the next one. And here we are in 2021. Oh. <laughs> uh, it was, it was such a cool thing. Cause you had the museum aspect that you would walk through first and you would get to mm-hmm. look at all the, the uniforms and some of the props and stuff. And then you would get in and actually get on like the, the transporter. It was, it's, it was very much like, um something uh kind of like the beginning of like the experience thing in like at a disney type of thing where you kind of walk through the stuff and then it's it's really fun what's up Jaden? so so one thing even though the experience is gone i just remembered it may not be the same thing but i could have sworn i heard somewhere that there is an optometrist like office that's star trek themed i think somewhere in some yeah that's on trekkies yeah. yeah. Yes. I, that's as soon as you said that, I was like, "Why does that sound so familiar?" It's it's in the documentary Trekkies. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's we would have to watch Trekkies again. Southern California. Yeah, it's somewhere here. It's not quite the same. I mean, this was like a full on. You'd walk through. You'd get transported into the transporter room. There'd be a Starfleet officer there. I would get in trouble because every, you know, it was like an ongoing show. So it was like a revolving show. Like a group of tourists would come through, they'd get transported. I would walk them to the bridge and then the bridge actors would take them through the rest. And they'd get into a turbo lift, go down to the turbo lift, go down to the shuttle bay. Then when you got on the shuttle for the shuttle bay, that was the ride. So, I mean, it was like an interactive show before. And we'd all, we'd be um, rotating roles. So I played a bunch of different characters throughout. But whenever I was on the transporter room, it was like to keep myself busy. Every time they, a new 
group of tourists would get transported to me, I would change my accent and try and like break <laughs> the actor who was like their, you know, tour guide. Uh. And I got in trouble a few times because I, you know, I do something like, you're no longer in the year 2008. You're in the future. And they would be like, that is not. They're like, Bobby, you can't do that. And I was like, Look, why if, not? If, if Picard's like, British accent and Scotty's Scottish yeah. accent survive, why not a Minnesotan accent? Yeah. I mean, the Midwest still exists in the Federation. <laughs> am I right? So it was fun. And then I would just change my accent every time. And 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 when management found out, they're like, maybe you should just stick to one and not that one. I'm like, okay. There's an old country doctor. You know, I went back to, yeah. Canadians, I, no Canadians can't be in space, you know. Oh, sure. <laughs> no. Um, I, have, I have one question about the Star Trek experience. I never got to go to it. Okay. Bobby, the, th the crazy thing about Vegas to me is that you can smoke inside everywhere. Uh, mm -hmm. and like, that's like kind of this it's a standout in our country. Like that's like the last place where you can do mm. that. Could you smoke inside of the, <laughs> inside of the Star Trek experience? No one's smoking on the bridge, Bill. Not on my watch. Ooh. Don't you worry. <laughs> no, um, no, actually, I think once you were, once you went through, you couldn't smoke. I mean, it was, you know, it's where, and, and damage the props. There was a lot of actors in the show that would smoke and we had to wear like special frocks and, and special type of things if ever we went outside or to eat because you know the costumes were they were made like by paramount they were really nice yeah. and some of them were in like full-on klingon armor but they had to go smoke a cigarette and they would be wearing like these ridiculous robes and frocks and yeah <laughs> like, they'd be wearing, like little, spa day. yeah like little like pink, pink <laughs> frilly robes with a cigarette of the klingon <laughs> those are the pictures i wish i had uh <laughs> It was really cool because like whenever you yeah. stayed at the Hilton, you would get like a full like day pass to like the experience. So you could go wow. unlimited cool. amount of time. So like, you could that's go fun. throughout the day. And that's what I did. Um, so it would be funny. So you would go in like in the morning and like someone would be playing an ensign and then they'd be a captain at the end of the day. And you'd be yep. like, look at that promotion. Good for you. I'm glad like, <laughs> it got promoted faster than Harry Kim for sure. Went from like ensign oh, yeah. to... Uh, captain in like an afternoon and I'm like good for you <laughs> well That's I'm I'm 35 now but when I was there I was a lot younger so I I look really young and so they couldn't let me play all the parts because no one would believe that I was past a lieutenant you know junior lieutenant <laughs> so I was mostly just like Ensign Thomas and Ensign you know they had different Ensign names and so I could never I never got above a pip Aww. and I was just like <laughs> is there anything is there anything more denigrating in in the command chain system of Star Trek than the than lieutenant junior grade yeah. right it's, it's the only one that has junior in there yeah that's that's just the, that's just the black pip too right it's yes. like yeah. you don't even get a full gold you just get a black pip with like a little gold circle little around gold circle, it and yeah. it's like oh they could have like, just said like Lieutenant second class. Yeah, or you like know. you're incident and a half. You know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> Lieutenant junior grade. You're you're part of the little Spock and Kirk club. Um, Aaron, what about you? How did you first get into uh, the Trekness? Uh, gosh, uh, yeah. I mean, literally one of my first sense memories I have is I, I was a child of the '80s, uh, so my, I remember sitting on the couch with my dad and watching television and it was very exciting and and i was watching the battle bridge uh separate uh from or the, the saucer separate from the secondary hall and the music fanfare was flourishing and you know i you know years later i realized i was watching the premiere of star trek the next generation live 
uh, back in September 23rd, 1987. Mm -hmm. And that's like one of my first memories I have <laughs> as a human. Um, and so uh, after that, it was pretty much nonstop for me. Like I was hooked to TNG and that, and then uh, I, oh, the summers I would spend, you know, I was sort of a latchkey kid and my, my aunt, when she was babysitting me, uh, she would only let me watch PBS, but PBS at the time, my station had TOS, basically wall to wall. So I, I, I was like, you know, seven years old and watching like Patterns of Force. And I'm like, holy shit, they're fighting Nazis, you know, like and <laughs> Gangster Planet. Hell yeah. You know, and uh, and so I kind of got that uh, organic uh, sort of uh, education of the fundamentals that way. And then it, Going into high school, you know, my local uh, Fox affiliate uh, started playing, uh, I, you know, a few months after the fact, like all of Deep Space Nine daily, uh, right when I got home from school. So basically, I got to binge. I got into DS9 a little bit later because I was sort of a TNG hardcore fan for such a mm -hmm. long time. And then I started watching that just to kind of there's just nothing else. So I basically got to binge watch all of DS9 chronologically in order uh, before there was even a word for that. So all, <laughs> all the criticisms that I heard later that were like, are, you know, from fans that were just like, oh, it's not real Star Trek. It's so slow. You know, and, you know, it takes, you know, if you miss one episode, you're lost, you know, basically everything that does not apply to serialized TV now because they were so far to the, ahead of the curve. Uh, so I was like, what are you talking about? I just binged. I just watched all in a row and it was great. <laughs> um, so I, I, that very quickly became my favorite uh, of, of them. And, and then. Yeah, after that, you know, I watched Voyager and then I went to college and I, I tapered off a little bit with, as a lot of people did with Enterprise. Uh, but then, you know, I, I watched all the films, all the movies. Uh, you know, I think I don't think any of the any of the Star Trek movies are rated R, but I think before I was 13, my dad was taking me to the Star Trek, the PG-13 Star Trek movie. Star Trek 4 is definitely rated R. Those whales are like really <laughs> intense. Yeah. That's my favorite Star Trek movie. <laughs> That's my it, favorite one. It's, it's, a, it's actually really delightful. I rewatched it. Uh, it's so good. It's hysterical. And, I mean, yeah, I laugh. I laugh so hard. It's a tremendously mm -hmm. well-written, like fish out of water, sort of sci-fi comedy. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's imminently quotable, just... Hello, computer. You Yo, know, that's, that's my favorite. It's, oh. Double dumbass on you. It just, it's all great. There be whales here is just <laughs> like. Admiral, there be whales. There be whales here. Like, that's, mm -hmm. thank you for that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, so so Aaron brought up a good point. So uh, really digging the, the DS9. So what's everybody's favorite iteration of Oof. Star Trek? Oh, why do you dig this? Oh yeah, no, we're doing it. Why do you cut me so it. deep? Can I say Star Trek Prodigy? Huh? No, it's <laughs> technically oh, not. It. Okay. When the when this airs, episode one will be out, but technically, as of right now, it's not. So I don't think we can say that. It will be. It will. <laughs> <laughs> you just wait and see. Oh man! Oh, I guess I, I guess I got to answer. One. I know. I, I really have to think. Okay. I mean, I I I really do find uh, that I love all of them in one way or another. Next Generation was my introduction to Trek, so it's always going to be the one I think closest, nearest, and dearest to my heart. Uh, and I'm a huge Data fan, so oh, he, he's just such a great character. Um, one of my all-time favorite characters of, of all of Trek. Um, 
but I mean, Janeway's my favorite captain, so it get it gets yeah. hard. It gets hard. Yeah, right. Yeah. It just gets hard. You can't. I love different aspects of all. So I wish I could just kind of mash them all together and make a little blender of like this is my favorite. But I, I guess I will have to say Next Generation because it was the one that got me hooked, and mm -hmm. it's the one that I, you know, I'm also a huge Sherlock Holmes fan. So I, you know, they had so many fun little holodeck adventures, and yeah. Yeah. And, and Q, Q's. Uh, eh, oh, I could go on. I'm just gonna stop now, though. You, someone else, talk. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead. We'll we'll wrap uh, favorite captain into the question too. So we'll just get okay. both of those band aids just like ripped off at the same time. Um, I'm kind of I'm pretty much the same, Bonnie. Like Janeway, my favorite captain for sure. Mm -hmm. And I loved Voyager so much, but mm -hmm. I think I would have to say TNG as well. But I'm also it's weird too because like those first like two to three seasons of enterprise i th i think are still some of some real that's some really good tv like that's some really good star trek um and i think what lower decks is doing is really good too it's like i love discovery too oh, oh discovery is really discovery. good like I, I, i'm loving what lower decks is doing we're like we're gonna do star trek but we're not gonna do it like super serious and yeah. i'm i'm really loving it instant tilly um, man she's me if i wasn't Starfleet. Like <laughs> honestly, as soon as that show came out, I was just like, "Well, there's my role. Goodbye, Ensign Tilly." She, she, that everything about it is just perfect. It's so funny. They're they're such a great ensemble cast. Anyway, I'm talking again. Yeah. Just well, mute hey, me. Fine, Gosh, you can. Like, do you have it, powers to mute me? I, you should just mute me. I could, me. but I'm not going to. That's, okay. No. I get so excited. It's like I chugged a Red Bull or something. Go on. As, as we're all talking, I'm, I'm realizing that like part of what I like so much about Star Trek is that it gets better as like, as mm -hmm. it goes on, like the, mm -hmm. the, the, the series, each new series does tries different new bold things um, mm. and uh, builds on itself. But which by, I, I will say, by the way, that puts so much pressure <laughs> on, <laughs> on us as, you know, uh, artists working on it. I'm like, Oh my God, you've got to be as good as everybody that came before us. Yeah. Oh! Um, so talk about fear of, you know, imposter syndrome there, but um, <laughs> I, it's, I mean, I think some, most of my favorite episodes are Deep Space Nine episodes, um, mm. but I, I, I'm probably going to say Next Gen is my, my favorite out of all of them. I mean, and it's so hard, like, it's hard to, you know, and I love the fucking original series so much. <laughs> um, like, it's, it's, it's hard to say that, but, but I'm going to say Next Generation because the uh all good things the the series finale i think is probably one of my favorite episodes of television ever um and it might it, it's hard for me to beat like for, for that i feel like that is the, the, one of the best series finales i've ever seen um mm -hmm. I, I, I i i as a writer i i just worship that episode so much and uh so i'm i you know it, it, it speaks so much to the whole series because you know it, it has the original pilot in it you know and it, it takes place in the present so but it also is about the present and it's you know addressing what the future is going to be it's like it's so so good so uh, uh it, it really brings out the best of next generation for me so mm -hmm. i i guess i'm going to go with go go with that and i i, I you know as i said I, I just got a little burned out on on Trek by the time Voyager was on, so I didn't I didn't give it its due when it came out. And now that I'm I'm watching it uh, and discovering it, uh, I, I I I love Janeway and and I I love that show too. 
This is so, really like I'm being Sophie's choice. <laughs> no, no, this is really like Sophie's it choice. It's like, what do you do? It's like, but wait, I don't want to give this one up, but I love that one too. Yeah, well, it's it's. I think it, that's the great thing about Star Trek is that it's been going on for so long, and it is mm-hmm. such a legacy that there's a little bit of something for everybody. And mm-hmm. even in, in in each series, if even if you don't like certain TOS episodes, like oh, I I don't like the military, you know, Corbinite maneuver type show episodes. Well, then you have trouble with triples. You know, like like every epi- every it every Ooh. season, every series contains multitudes, mm-hmm. and you'll find what you like. And uh, sometimes it comes down to just what your gateway into the series was. Sometimes it comes down to, um, you know, which which show just happened to have the most types of episodes that you like, you know, mm-hmm. or your favorite characters or what have you. You know, I think for me, like Deep Space Nine, I like it just because in terms of just sheer character work and also as somebody who's a bit of a world building junkie, the fact that Berman was and his crew were starting to make all of these connections to these other shows and other movies and building out this multiverse before we really had that a word like that for what you do in television. Uh, so Deep Space Nine was in my, in my mind sort of like the, the hub at the center that was kind of connecting it all together because you had at the beginning you had Picard basically uh, giving um, Cisco his commission. And then, you, you know, in the pilot of Voyager, they're launching from Deep Space Nine, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, the Dominion War obviously made it the, one of the most important focal points of the whole uh, in-universe in uh, sort of theatrics, um, you know, but, uh, you know, and, and I think just the, it had so many interesting characters on it, that, you know, from... Uh, every character in, in Deep Space Nine was just a banger top to bottom. Mm-hmm. I, I think you could probably say the same thing for um, uh, TNG as well. Um, you know, uh, I, I personally never was like a huge Barclay fan, but I, but even <laughs> but even Barclay has like oh, diehard Barclay. That's like, what I'm gonna name my fans. dog if I ever get a dog, <laughs> Lieutenant Barclay. <laughs> Barkley, and, but uh, yeah, as far as like my favorite captain goes, I think it's hard to beat Space Dad, uh, you know, Jean Luc Picard. Um, but uh, Voyager, you know, uh, Janeway is also, I think she did what I think is an almost impossible job. It's like there's so much expectation of this first series female captain. And she was able to straddle that that line. I guess I'm speaking more to Mul- Kate Mulgrew than, mm-hmm. than Janeway, but the character that she embodied uh, was able to hit that that sort of toughness, but also that that uh, sort of that warmth, and and but also giving it a little bit of sass, you know, like a little bit of that Kirk sass that you don't get with Picard, and but but the toughness that you get with the Cisco, she kind of embodies all of it as need be. And I think that that the fact she was able to tap dance and, and pull it off in a, in, in, in a character that doesn't feel scattered, but actually mm-hmm. feels cohesive is truly impressive. So I, so Picard and Janeway is my, my, my short answer. Um, oh. uh, sorry, real quick, uh, just in the chat, um, Ashlon brought up a really good point. Um, Captain Frazier, um, uh, Kelsey Grammer as Captain that one Bo- was that yesterday's Bozeman, enterprise right? was he was he captain bozeman or was he the captain of the bozeman i think he was the captain of the bozeman right so i don't think he had a full name but i think that's that's great and then whoever that captain was in search for spock with the writing crop the captain of the excelsior <laughs> what a, what a loser guy like, 
I think I have to agree as well. Um, the next generation is also one of my favorites, but I'm going to cheat a little bit and say that it's like a tie between next generation and discovery. I really mm -hmm. love discovery. And the main reason why is because uh, out of the, because I haven't seen all of the iterations of Star Trek, but out of the few that I have seen, I think discovery is the one where I was the most invested in between the relationships between the characters. Like I love like the mother daughter relationship between Giorgio and Michael. I love like the first commander uh, spoilers, first commander, uh, acting captain relationship between Saru and Michael, um, the friendship between Michael and Tilly, like there's so many great relationships between the characters and like my heart with little queer family with yeah. like a Samus and like great representation. Yeah. Yes, yes, oh, Anthony Rapp, so he's much. wonderful. Yes. And um, I don't know if it counts because he was like acting captain, but I really love Saru. I love how <laughs> this was. A, Saru this is a great. Cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's a brand new species introduced in that series and seeing him go through the motions of being more um, assertive and kind of growing out of the mold of his species, the expectations of him being like cult and stuff and coming into that leadership role was just so satisfying to see. So I really love Saru as a captain. <laughs> Definitely. Jaden, you bring up a great point. Like um, th what's so cool about this uh, whole franchise is that you get moments where there are acting captains and you get to see how some side characters uh, uh, operate in the chair, you know, like in original series, Galileo seven, you get to yeah. see Spock being, you know, uh, a captain and, uh, you know, all of the issues that brings up. And yeah, uh, he was kind of bad at it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have a song uh, about that too. Now you got the bridge, Spock. Kirk is away. <laughs> yeah, like I remember Galileo 7, Spock was just, his main thing was like, well, he's dead. There's nothing we can do about it. Emotions are irrelevant. And they're like, yeah. and they're like we have to get his body. And he yeah. was like, that is illogical. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got to say something at his funeral. You're the captain. That, that is, is a waste of oxygen and resources. Yeah. <laughs> That's a waste of life support. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I'm first impressions go a long way. And uh, Kirk had such a big in the original series had such a big impression on me that I, I, I have, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Kirk is Kirk is my captain. Um, I mean, seeing, I think it was probably balance of terror when I was a kid um, and seeing like the, the chess game that he was playing with, with the Romulan captain um, and how they had this mutual respect for each other, but they never actually saw each other or talked mm -hmm. to each other. I, I was like, wow, I, I hope I could be that good at some point in my life that <laughs> just by decisions I make somebody, you know, you know, and, you know, uh, a room, you know, thousands of feet away is like, well, that guy's awesome. Like that just, uh, um, uh, uh, that, that tar you know, that still stays, stays with me. Um, uh, but there's, you know, there's so many great captains who have occupied that chair in, in different ways. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't diminish like how I feel about the other ones. I love all of them, but, uh, you know, it's hard, you know, like Tom Baker was my first doctor. Uh, Kirk, Kirk was my, you know, Kirk was my first uh, captain. Yeah. Uh, before we go to Jason, I think Kirk is the best captain whenever he wears that cool green wrap around. 
Oh, <laughs> Whenever he wears that, I'm like, that's my captain. <laughs> well, like, you mean, you also... mean the tunic that he wore when he started to get a little, little, little wide in the waist? Well, I mean, he, <laughs> he, wore, that shirt Charlie, quite like, he wore that in Charlie X too, which is like the first <laughs> oh, episode. <was> it? <laughs> and I'm just, well, which is cool too, because like Charlie wears one as well, but it's a gold one, same mm-hmm. design and has the little emblem on the side. And I'm like, whatever happened to that? I've not seen it since. I think when they took him away, I think that was it. That was where they, they took the, they, they're like, I, if I would Kirk, I've been like, that's my, my Yeah, he probably they stole it from the- set. Yeah, he's like, this is mine now. Probably, I mean, just like, this is, yeah, this is mine. Uh, Jason, what about you? Yeah, uh, uh, Janeway's, Erin uh, I, I, said it all. She's mm-hmm. this combo of these different captains. Not to say that she didn't make that her own, of course. Uh, she did, and she just had this great power, and she was, uh, it was just such an uh, an attract, such an appeal to her. Um, Cisco was tough and just so cool, right? He, he was coming yeah. off of Spencer as Hawk, and I mean that was as a kid that was my I just loved this cool guy who always wore sunglasses, no matter if he was outside, inside, and, <laughs> and I always wanted to see Cisco, uh, you know, just wearing shades all the time. Um, Favorite, of course. Uh, I mean, there's nostalgia for for uh, TOS and T- and uh, TNG, but <clears throat> I love I love Discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Klingons, and I love what they did with the Klingons, with you know Glenn Hetrick and uh, their their design, their new design for the Klingons. And then as we got into season two and three, and th- that started to change, and but we got so much story and so much relationship. Uh, I just sort of fell for that really hard. So I love that. If I had to spend time, if someone said, Jason, you have two hours to spend with Star Trek, what are you going to do? I would spend, I would watch The Undiscovered Country Um, because that was just so, uh, I mean, Christopher Plummer as Chang and David Warner, you know, the assassination of Gorkin. I mean, that was such a great story. And there was such great action in there. And uh, is it Commander? No, uh, who's is he? Commander Worf? No, he's uh, Colonel Worf. No, mm-hmm. Dude, that was Worf's grandfather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ah, yes, yeah, that's right. Oh. Yeah, and just I mean, it just, it's from the House such, of Moog. That's right. It's such good storytelling. <laughs> so I love that movie. Uh, that's that's probably my favorite of all of them. So I really do want to have a Law and Order TV show that takes place inside that courtroom. Oh. And instead of the chung chung, they have that giant thing, like yeah. that metal yeah. thing. You yeah. smash that twice. Chung <laughs> chung. That giant light from the yeah, yeah. Very oh, cool. Luke Neck. Bam, bam. Oh man. Um, what is something from Star Trek that was maybe like either in a movie or like in like a maybe like a one episode thing that you want to see more of? Like, was has there ever been anything? Like, for me, I'm like, I think we should bring back Deltons. Because, I mean, they were in the motion oh, picture, yeah. and then we don't really do anything with them. I guess it kind of evolves into, like, Betazoids. I guess if, if we think about that, that kind of is how that kind of goes. But I'm like, man, we should get more Deltons and stuff. I'm I'm all for those. I have an I think it would be so much fun. You know what species I want to see more of? Kazinti. Because they're never done. Um they're like you know like the cousin race of the cations um kind of like what romulans are to vulcans they're like the warrior cat race and for the uh, animated series right yeah well the novels and i i on the a star trek ttrpg show 
that I was on, I played the chief medical officer that was a Cation. Uh, bef- this was before Lower Decks. I didn't like steal that trope, but um, my secret was that I was actually half Kazinti, and I was I was like kind of hiding like my warrior rage side of things. And she was actually like a really badass fighter and could do all kinds of cool things. But I kind of hid that side of myself and I throughout the show. But um, it was really fun to reveal that later. But no one knows anything about Kazintis. So I've done like a lot of research on their their language, the god that they worship, the their um, culture is very like horrible to females but it, i mean it's like it's really interesting and i'd like to see them explore that and lower decks just recently had a crew member that was a kazinti mm-hmm. and i got so excited when i saw that i freaked out i was uh i was thrilled i was like oh my gosh we've made it kazintis are in starfleet uh-huh. yeah, uh, we did the thing the, uh, yeah. the red shirts episode right right yeah. where uh they were like part of the command club yeah mm-hmm. i love it <laughs> we call ourselves the red shirts yeah. Like, you guys sure you wanna wanna go mm. with that? That was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's my answer, I guess. Uh, sorry, real quick, one last one. I think it would be interesting to to uh, you know, delve into when like the first like Federation people, because I mean, like it's been a while since they've had to deal with any sort of like money. Like mm-hmm. I want to know the oh, first yeah. time that you know any sort of like Federation person like from Earth like had to deal with like gold press latinum and be like i don't know what <laughs> what, do what I is do? this like yeah. my my thing's gold is this does this count like i could i barter with this like that would be like can you barter with pips is that oh. is that something you can do <laughs> well they kind of do that a little bit in the first couple seasons of voyager when they're stranded yeah. right out in the delta qu- quadrant you know when they're the kazon don't have replicator technology and they're mm-hmm. bartering with them just saying like hey what if we just gave you some water it's super easy for us <laughs> and that became a huge bargaining chip for them but yeah mm-hmm. i would love to explore that more um especially those early days because even though it feels like we filled in a lot of the star trek uh sort of canon there are big gaps between like what we see in first contact where it's like a basically a post-nuclear like almost like village like a wasteland village that just happens to have a nuclear silo that that Sephram Cochran used to launch the uh the phoenix or whatever and then mm-hmm. you suddenly jump forward to enterprise which i was supposed to be what 70 years later and mm-hmm. then they, they're like oh yeah we built the starship and uh we're gonna let's to- do the thing yeah yeah <laughs> But then there's a gap after that, obviously, to TOS. So I feel like there's lots of space. And then there's, you know, the Bozeman or whatever. There's a lot of people want to see the the adventures of the Enterprise B for sure. Yeah. Uh, My buddy Oliver in the chat also said that we need some brain in in the new series. And I'm like, yeah, that would be cool. Bring some brain in. That would be cool. Uh, Jaden, I interrupted you earlier. Uh, It's okay. I guess kind of uh, piggybacking off of what Bonnie said. with exploring different races of aliens that we haven't seen too much of, I think it would be really cool to explore more mixed race uh, mm. characters, especially some that are very opposite. Like, can you imagine like a half Vulcan, half Betazoid character? Like, how would they navigate themselves? <laughs> yeah. Betazoid, everything, and yeah. Yeah. So I want to see something like that, like two very polar opposite uh, parts of a character and how they have to navigate and like how they go throughout their life. A, a Klingon Bolian. Yeah. yeah. Well, it looks like Discovery is starting to explore that in the new season too. They just released some of the the the. I think the current yeah. president of Earth That's is right. like part Bajoran, part Cardassian. I think. Or yeah. Part oh yeah. That's, That's what it looks like in in her makeup. Yeah. Design. Yeah. That's a straight up house divided right there. <laughs> <laughs> 
I oh I forgot to say they did mention Kazinti's in Picard as well season yeah. one very briefly like what was it um Riker when they were putting up the security and, and it yes, went off he was right. like oh we've had trouble with the Kazinti around these parts I freaked out because I had the subtitles uh, on I went yeah. they exist yeah that was when he was making <laughs> so uh, that was when he was making space rabbit pizza in the backyard yes yeah oh, yeah <laughs> sorry I I'm just so excited about Kazinti. My, my, my answer to this question uh, is, and I hope this doesn't steal any of um, Aaron's thunder uh, because Aaron had an amazing tweet about this about a year ago, but uh, Lower Decks kind of explored something I'm just so glad they explored uh, in the season finale. We finally got to see two members from the Cetacean Ops deck. Yes! Uh, to, uh, I think Matt and Kaluma were their names. <laughs> Um, and yeah. I want to see a, a lot more of them <laughs> and a lot more of Cetacean Ops. Yeah. Uh, so that was, that was, the, the, you know, I, and I also, I, I deeply love Lower Decks. I think mm -hmm. uh, uh, I want to give true admiration uh, to uh, everybody who makes it because it, it succeeds both as, as a comedy, as a very comedy forward uh, animated show and it is also just as much a Star Trek show, um, mm -hmm. it, and and you know that that that's hard to pull off. Um, so, uh, and they took something from the universe, <laughs> uh, and and explored it seriously, but it was also funny as hell. I was glad that that they're both horny whales, um, and uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I please give me more, uh, give me more of them. <laughs> Definitely, yes. for sure. Yeah, that that to date, that tweet I did about Cetacean Ops is still my most popular tweet I've ever done. And I was saying something I thought like even most Trek fans knew, but I guess they forgot, or maybe I'm just in that corner of the internet where I think all the really hyper-specific nerdy shit <laughs> that was said in one line is just common knowledge. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the, I, I absolutely want to see more of Cetacean Ops. Uh, um, and uh, we shall see. Uh, um <laughs> yeah, as far as my uh, my favorite thing that was used in like one episode that I always like as a kid, it bugged me, but also as like, I, I want to know more was there was one episode of, of The Next Generation. I think it was uh, season six called The Chase, where uh, basically the premise of it was that uh, some scientists had discovered that in all DNA scattered across the Milky Way, there are little fragments of code that actually translate to a message of some kind. Mm -hmm. And and literally like every every humanoid race scattered across the Milky Way, you know, Klingon, uh, human, Cardassian, uh, Romulan, all had different pieces of this message. And so the whole show or the whole uh, episode was building to the, like all these really, really intense rival factions like the uh, of, you know, the Romulans, the Klingons, the Cardassians, they all had to come together to this one planet to assemble the pieces, to, the message together. Some of them thought it was going to be like a weapon. Some of them thought it was going to be like some, you know, uh, a trick or something. And then it, at the very end of it, it turned out to be a, this message from like this progenitor, like precursor race from like millions of years ago that were like, hey, you're all our children. And uh, we created all of you basically to, to live on where we could not. Uh, and you know, you should all live in harmony. We hope everything is going great. And of course you have all these people that were like ready to kill each other over this message. And then at the end of it, they all listen to the message and then they're just like, wow, that was a trip. 
And then they just kind of like, let's never speak of this again. And then they walk, they walk and leave. And I'm like, wait, what? That's that, how are, I, because the whole episode was like, how are they going to get out of this? Like this, this completely transforms everything about what we know about Star Trek. And then they were just like, well, let's, <laughs> let's, let's erase the logs and never, never talk happens. about that again. Yeah. I've never gotten along with my siblings. Let's get out exactly. of here. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I think they literally had like a shot of the Cardassian look at the Klingon and just be like, ew. And then just <laughs> we're related. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> what, about what about you, Jason? Jason got anything? Uh, I'm I'm racking my brain. There's so many things, but uh, I'm I'm loving these. Uh, so move along. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um. <laughs> Our first Star Wars reference of the night. There we go. Thanks for bringing it up, move Jason. Along. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um. So. Uh. What would you guys? So this this is the, this kind of went on for the chat. Um, what's your favorite theme for the Star Treks? Like, did you do you guys have a favorite theme? I mean, there's there's it's only it's been a long road. It's been a long road. Our time is finally here. I got faith in hope. I will good, say though, like. <laughs> here's the thing though it's like I, I understand why it was disturbing to a lot of fans but just independent of that just like in terms of what it's representing was just like sort of like that quasi not quite country but very like homespun sort of like folksy like like soft rock kind of thing it's a pretty good song and and there's a, a world where it could have maybe worked in some sort of spacefaring like you know, if Firefly was made in the 90s, you know, I think it could have been it could have worked just fine. Mm -hmm. And I and I still like singing it. It's a fun song. It's a fun, like I love <laughs> it's it. It's a good trolling song. It's like getting Rickrolled in the track world, I think. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the one episode of Lower Decks where it starts and it's not the Lower Decks theme. It's just <laughs> Faith of the Heart. Like that would be that'd be amazing. One day, one day it'll happen. If I uh, can if I can pull this off, um, so I'm working on a solo album right now, a jazz album that's all nerd music. And if I can pull this off without <clears throat> getting sued, I'm, I'm having a jazz medley of the Starfleet or the Star Trek themes, like uh -huh. a few of them. Uh, and I'm like singing, singing the Star Trek themes, like jazzy ways, hopefully, hopefully cool. Paramount doesn't come after me, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to try and pull it off. We'll see. If not, I'll just, you know, put it up on the interweb for everyone to enjoy separately. Uh, are we in terms of theme songs, are we allowed to pull from the movies too? Or just just mm. the shows? Yeah, I, I think you pull from the movies. I will say first contacts theme is really oh, good. I, I don't know if it's like the it's the tippy top, but it, like I could listen to it all day and be very moved by it. Uh, I think Alexander Courage's uh, original score that became the tng theme song if you if you listen to it like the one from the original movie soundtrack it's a little bit drawn out a little bit more and i actually like that version a skosh more than the one that was like hyper compressed for the the uh the tng like but like if you if you do the you mean the one that they play in the motion picture every 37 seconds but specifically there's one i'm thinking of i think it's when they're coming into uh dry dock uh or space dock and the 2001 sequence <laughs> yes where it's it's just like really elaborate uh really really indulgent long slow shots 
it is, it is somewhat moving. I think like if you, if you just listen to like, look at uh, fans at home, look it up on Spotify, find that soundtrack and listen to that track and see if it doesn't stir your emotions a little bit. Just you can, for, and I, I played the French horn in, in high school. So anytime I hear those French horns anywhere, Voyager mm-hmm. obviously is very big for me because that's the whole Voyager theme is French horns. Uh, but you know, I think the muted trumpet of the first contact theme, it's hard to beat in my opinion. I love that theme song too, Aaron. Uh, I, I'm with you. I mean, it, it make I, I I lovingly tease it for for you know for for the, the the long sequence, and yet I love it. Like I I will watch it yeah. anytime. Um, I I I think Deep Space Nine is probably my it's favorite good. theme. Yeah, it's so it's like subtle, it's different, and it catches me. And it, like sometimes I tear up listening to it. Um, I I, I love it that much. Um, but out of all the uh, and that's also part of what I love so much about this franchise is the music. Um, Wrath of Khan's uh, score is mm. so moving to me. Um, I mean, especially the, I, mean, I love the um, the theme song, but uh, it's it's the, the sequence when uh, they're trying to outrun uh, Reliant um, and uh, um, that I, it just always gets me. There's a march that happens when Spock is realizes I got to go down there and he knows what he's going to do. He knows like, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to sacrifice my life. Um, and there's Spoilers. a march that happens. And I, I tear up when I, when I, uh, when I hear that, um, not only when I'm high and I, I, I listen to <laughs> as I watch that movie, then I really ugly cry. Um, uh, but uh, uh, even when I'm just perfectly sober, like it's just that uh, it gets me so much. I, there, there is an up-tempo march in Wrath of Khan, and I think they use it in subsequent uh, TOS movies as well, where it's like ba 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 ba. Yep. I love that. It's such a jaunty little tune, and every time they do it, you know, you know, Kirk and friends are up to something. They're gonna do something sneaky. They're doing something sneaky. And they would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling cons. Um, that's that's when the good lines are gonna the the good zingers are gonna come out. I had a I I used to love the next gen theme song, and then I used to have it as like my alarm to wake me up every morning. So now when I hear it, I'm like, oh, you know, it, it gives you that. They always say never, <laughs> never put a song that you love as your alarm because it becomes yeah. that mm-hmm. you hit, hit mm-hmm. snooze and you hear it like 20,000 times. Yeah, that's what happened. Uh, um, for uh, so I, I think kind of like one of our last last bits that we'll kind of go into is uh, since Star Trek does have the movies, what's your favorite Star Trek movie? We'll we'll go everything from motion picture to what was the last one? Beyond. Beyond. Does that count? Yeah. 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 We'll throw and, the JJs in there. We'll throw just, the JJs in there. Just on a side note, yeah. Galaxy Quest can't count, but it gets an honorary <laughs> mention, I would say. We did do, back when we were the animation station, we did a favorite Star Trek episode, and I did have Galaxy Quest like as like my number five. I mean... <laughs> 
So it's really good. Um, it's, it's okay. It's really wild to me that, by the way, I, I won't take up too much time, but Galaxy Quest, it was like the one thing that that guy ever wrote. And then after that, he was like, all right, one and done. I'm, that was fun, writing movies. And I was like, what happened to your career, man? That's the, one of the greatest films ever made. I'm going to go do car mechanics now. <laughs> I mean, but though, it's it's one of those, you're like, well, you did it. Uh, that's one of those, like, it's okay to wipe your hands on that one and be like, no, done. We're yeah. out. We, we, out we did top. one thing and we're okay. Here's my masterpiece. Doesn't get better than this. Have fun, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, so sorry, what was the original question? Uh, uh, the favorite, favorite, favorite movie, favorite movie, oh, favorite movie. movie. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I, yeah, I mean, hmm. we I can guess... break it up too if that's a little bit easier. We can break it up to TOS and I, yeah, and I Next mean, I think, I think Wrath of Wrath of Khan is it, it's an easy answer, but for me, I actually I think Voyage Home I could watch any time of, of the TOS era. I think of the TNG era movies, you know, I think uh, I, my mind always goes back to first contact. Uh, it's like, it, it's not a perfect film, but it has so much cool stuff going on in it that, that I, I always, uh, it will always have a special place for me. Um, you know, the line is drawn here. Uh, <laughs> and, and then, um, yeah, the JJ movies, I think the original Star Trek to 2009 is pretty solid. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, it, it's like, it's funny that you mentioned, uh, first contact. Cause that is the one that I think my buddy Oliver and I quote all the time. Like, that's just, it's just so it's got so many good bits in it. I mean, there's that one where, uh, like Picard kills that the Borg and it's like ripping him open. And it's like, this is instant Lynch. And you're like, my goodness, <laughs> it's, uh, it's such a fun episode the movie, not even episode. A good episode of Star Trek that uh, a bit long, uh, better production value. Crazy. Uh, what about you, Bill? Easy answer for me, and I know it's the it's the obvious answer. Rathacon. I I I I fucking love that movie so much. Um, it is uh, probably one of the movies I've seen more than any other movie, um, and uh, I uh, there's. A lot of great Star Trek movies um, in both, you know, original series, next gen era, um, and uh, but I, I, that one uh, is, I, I, if I, if it's on TV, I, I will watch it to the end. I, I cannot stop myself from, from from doing it. I like it that much, um, and just across the board, uh, the performances, the. Um, uh, the, the costume design, uh, the, uh, um, the, the, the music, um, it, uh, it, it has, you know, it has big ideology behind it. Um, it's personal. It has great, it has, uh, really cool science in it too. Um, I mean, I, I just, I, 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 I can, I cannot love that movie any more than I do. It's got it all. You know, what my favorite part of Ratha Khan is it is, it's a very subtle little moment, but it's when he goes over to punch in the, the command to take down the shields and he takes out those glasses and puts them on and almost looks okay. embarrassed. That's my favorite part of the movie. I it's mean, a little, there's a lot it's of- a moment, It's a moment of weakness. Yes. A moment of weakness in front of it, like it, it, at, at the worst moment when he's about to lose his whole crew. Like, oh yeah. God. It's, and it's it, just like the most subtle little thing that ties the whole film together. Yep. And it's like, the first time he's really admitting that weakness too. It's like, I've, like owning that weakness is is what 
you know, gives it strangely gives him the upper hand in that moment. In that yeah. moment. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm going to agree like Aaron, that it's, it's such a good bit there. Like, cause he's like, you have to give me some time. We need time. Like we, like <laughs> yeah. the ship's busted up. You don't you remember. You just like blew up half a deck. But, like you yeah. gotta give me some time. Yeah. <laughs> he's like using, he's using Khan's arrogance against him by, mm -hmm. by prostrating himself in a way, but also he, you can see his little glibness of just sort of like, don't say mm -hmm. anything bones. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it, it, one other thing that I think speaks so well about this movie. And this is something I, I know a lot of Trek fans know, but uh, some the people don't always realize that that uh, Shatner and Montalban never are in a room together for that entire movie. That whole movie is screen to screen, yeah. um, and you feel that relationship so so you know uh, deeply in in that movie. I think that speaks to how well it's directed, how oh, yeah. well both of the, uh, both of them uh, acted in that movie. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's. <laughs> From hell's heart, <laughs> stop at me, and it's Cowboy Dick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, oh, uh, Bill. What about uh, Next Gen and and JJ's? Um, I, I, I'm, you know, gonna probably follow, you know, Aaron's suit here. Uh, first, I love First Contact. Uh, it's such a good movie. Um, I, um. I do have a soft spot for generations, though though it has some some troubles in it. But um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, you know, uh, even the even the really bad uh, Star Trek movies still have stuff that I I I I, I can't help but love love in them. Um, act and, like pizza. Act, yeah, yeah, it's like pizza. Like even bad pizza, it's still pizza. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Act one of Generations, though, is I rewatched it a lot long ago. Like, Act one is about as good as an Act one of any Star Trek movie you will ever watch. It's it has really like Generations has good stuff going on in it. Yeah, just leave after intermission. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> and talk about another unexplored corner of the universe. I want to see more of Sulu's daughter. We we didn't really you know yeah. get get yeah. much <laughs> get yeah. much after that. <laughs> um, and and of, of the JJ movies, um, I mean the the. The, the the reboot uh i i, th I thought it was great like and, and i thought it made this the a smart decision to create a new timeline to you know uh bring star trek to a new like it's the only way to it's it's going to piss off people who love uh original star trek but it's the only way to i, I could see to really have the freedom to tell a new story and and uh for a new audience and bring new people into the franchise so uh, you know, I, I, and, and that, that the teaser of, of that movie is amazing. <laughs> like the, the, the moment before the credits, like when you, you know, uh, when you see the, the, the ship going down, uh, you know, um, but, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's moving and exciting. And, uh, so yeah, I, I, I really dug, uh, uh, the, you know, 2009 movie. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Jason? Well, I mean, Undiscovered Country is, uh, you know, the more we talk about The Wrath of Khan, the more I realize it's, I, I think it's the best of all the Trek movies. Uh, but that could just be nostalgia talking, of course. I've seen it the most out of all of them. Uh, Undiscovered Country is, though, is, they're both directed by Nicholas Meyer, so I'm, yeah. uh, I guess I'm a fan of his. Um, yeah, but I, I would have to go back simply because... Um, I just love the I just love the story and the the coolness of the 
the Klingons in Undiscovered Country and the whole the whole idea of justice and uh, being on trial and uh, but you know what we mentioned we mentioned um, Galaxy Quest if there was <laughs> I would love I would love a villain like Sarek who has no who has no like uh, his honor has not been hurt and he's got no um, you know he's not out for he's not have a vendetta he's just a badass monster with heartless and he just wants to take people over and he just wants to destroy i love Sarek in galaxy quest i would love to have that kind of villain uh in you know not hey you hurt my family and our, our generations uh you know we've been clashing for years and uh, get rid of all that stuff just some guy who just wants to come in and just destroy everything i would love to see that that might be my new favorite movie but uh, undiscovered country for sure nice. and and your next gen and your jj oh insurrection and beyond <laughs> the, the favorite of, J, of the jj movies is that what you said oh the, your favorite next gen and your favorite jj oh i'm so sorry you know the thing that we've been doing this entire time yeah, that like, you're never paying attention to that's cool first contact uh for sure because i love alice krieg um yeah she and, does an amazing job as the board mm -hmm. queen i worked on a show uh, Again, I'm just my, mine is all you know. However many degrees from, um, I worked with Todd Masters, who's who does a, he's got Masters FX, and they work on a whole bunch of movies. Anyways, he made he and he was part of the making of the Borg Queen, and I spent I spent like four hours in the trailer working on some stuff with him. But he talked the whole time about how that movie was made, and if you know me, that's my happy place. Mm -hmm. Tell me all the behind the scenes stuff. So. Uh, first contact for sure because I can watch it and go, oh, that's how they did that. Uh, you know, it's so cool. Uh, and then uh, JJ, uh, J the first one for sure. Um, uh, Into Darkness, uh, the whole shooting from one ship to the other, that was cool. And I didn't mm. finish. I didn't finish Beyond. I I got to a point where I went, no. The best part's the ending. <laughs> <laughs> again, again, I didn't. Yeah, I keep missing the best part. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up Alice Creed, uh, because I mean, I had a weird, messed up crush on the Borg Queen. So no judgments so, here. <laughs> you and Data, you're in good company. She's hot. Oh, when like half of her, that's hot. Yeah, when it's just like her wiggly spine yeah. going into like the thing, like that's just like man. Um, <laughs> Whatever tickles your fancy. I guess. Uh, uh, what about you, Bonnie? So, uh, I'm probably going to just follow suit. Um, I'll be, I love a voyage home. I love star Trek four. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, you know, wrath of Khan, it, it's, it's perfect in its own way, but voyage home. I'm, I'm such a comedy nerd. I love, I, it, the fact that it's star Trek and it makes me laugh out loud. Um, just is it, it checks all my boxes. Uh, as for the next gen, I again first contact. You can't beat it. It's it's fantastic. I I love Data's journey in that. Again, he's one of my favorite characters. So to see him uh, kind of have his journey through that movie as well uh, makes me happy. And again, with the with the new reboot, as much as I love Benedict Cumberbuns, it's gotta be it's gotta <laughs> be the first one to the two thousand nine. Um, yeah, just because you know. I, 
I, I get what they were trying to do with when they rebooted the con story, but you just can't fix perfection. Like, don't break, don't fix it if it's not broken. That's what I always say. Like, that, it's the same thing as when someone tells me they're going to remake The Princess Bride. I'm like, no, they, you don't fix perfection. And I think Wrath of Khan is just kind of a perfect movie. You don't, you don't have to fix it. So, but I still love you, Benedict Cumberbunce. Jane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, um, I have to agree. Uh, I also loved the Voyage Home. It was hilarious. <laughs> One of the movies that I bonded over with my best friend. And um, I haven't, I don't think I've seen any of the Next Generation movies, but I have not seen all of them. You're in so, for a treat. Well, I know. <laughs> you're in for a journey. A treat. Yeah, you're, you're in for a journey. journey. <laughs> is what it is. Journey of treats, if you will. <laughs> But everyone does keep recommending uh, First Contact, and Data is my favorite character ever in Star Trek as well. Yes. So I'm really looking forward to watching that one. I've got even more hyped <laughs> hearing everybody talk about it. Yeah. Um, and then out of the JJs, I have to agree with also the first one. I've seen all three of those, but I feel like the third one felt the least Star Trekky. Like I felt like I was mm. watching Guardians of the Galaxy with that one. It was very action packed and like it was very different. Like totally, it felt very, very different to the mm-hmm. other ones. But yeah, I like the first one. I think it was the I think it was the Beastie Boys uh, behind yeah. the, dirt, the dirt bike <laughs> in the, tr- in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. a little bit of sabotage is great, but eh, yeah. <laughs> so but that's, that's the funny thing about all the movies, though, is like even even the so-called worst ones. There's something fun in it that I can think mm-hmm. of in every mm-hmm. movie that that I'm like, I'm glad that I watched this movie just for that, mm-hmm. you know. Like in mm-hmm. Insurrection, I, I'm sure it doesn't hold mm-hmm. up, but I remember being delighted as a teenager when they had to sing Gilbert and Sullivan with Data to make him go on. HMS Pinafore, cra- yeah. Yes, what, because he was going crazy because he was too moral. His moral circuits had gone o- offline because he saw something so heinous that he just started going crazy and they had to talk him off a ledge by singing Gilbert and Sullivan at him. Oh my God, I love that. Injected into my veins. If we, did, if we didn't have, if we never had Star Trek V, we wouldn't we wouldn't have the music video Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain. And it's if true. you haven't seen oh that, yeah. Google oh. that and you're welcome. <laughs> that, that's that's another movie where I feel like it the problem with it was like I think it, it was just trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like it, it wound up feeling like three disjointed movies. But like the again, like the if you section out like a third of, of Star Trek five and it's just like this cool, like sort of almost like Dune-esque, like sand rebellion, like planet uh, that was supposed to be the planet of peace. I'm like, that's dope. I, mm-hmm. I want to see a movie about that. The same with like, they, they go to a planet where they think they found the garden of Eden or this sort of the, the root of all religion across all alien empires. What an awesome Star Trek idea. To- totally awesome. Yeah. Like, like that could have been three movies. Um, I love how we're not calling it by its real name. It's, we're just calling it Star Trek Five. It's like yeah. yes, yeah. Yeah. Right. it's the only yeah. one that Sorry, doesn't it's, get its real name. Like well, you get the, the motion final picture, frontier, and then right? it's just like yeah. that one's just like Star, Star Trek Five. <laughs> Star Trek Five. It, it is. It is funny that no one uh, brings up uh, Star Trek Five as their favorite, which is sad. It's not. Um, but uh, I, I would, I'm definitely. In a, I, I'm pretty much in the same vein with the first two. Uh, so I mean, definitely Wrath of Khan. Just the the cool like when they're in the nebula and you've got the cool submarine shots going. Just you know uh, the I almost said Botany Bay. That's not the name of the ship. Reliant. 
the rely the reliant and the enterprise just doing was, their was, little was, stuff but... like i i thought that was really cool they can't see each other that's that's just nifty um but I mean, four is really good. Four is definitely, I think, the funniest of those. Yeah. I mean, it's like yes. especially when they're asking when Seventh Heaven Mom is like, "Do you guys like Italian?" And that whole bit with her is like, "No, yes, yes. no." It's like, no. "Yes." Oh. <laughs> like, he did a lot of LDS back in the sixties. <laughs> just them cutting oh. to him in the tank with the whale, trying to mind meld with the, like I was. I died. I was like, what is that? I, oh, I love Spoilers I again, I guess. <laughs> but the way they did it too is like Kirk was yeah. just he like turned and be like Spock is like, Spock, where'd you go? And he's yeah. in yeah. the tank with the yeah. whales. Oh, yeah. Shit. It's just so good. It's uh, just the, it's the, the bits. And then the, I, I've always loved the relationship between Spock and Bones. And I feel like in that movie, after we lose Spock and then we get him back, it's like, you know, it, it just starts, you know, it's like Bones trying to like wake him up almost by just being mean to him again. <laughs> and it, and it, but, but Spock isn't giving what he wants back. So he gets upset and he just keeps yeah. poking him. Yeah. Um, getting to do what he wants. I mean, nuclear vessels. Uh, oh, that scene. The nuclear vessels. Yeah. Well, <laughs> your nuclear vessels. Um, definitely going to go with a first contact. Um, even though Insurrection does have that cute little <laughs> furry hamster six-legged thing that the kid plays with, which I was like, man, that'd be cool to have one of those. Do those exist? Can I get one of those? <laughs> um, but I liked I liked Beyond. Like I think that like to me, like mm -hmm. completely opposite of Jaden, that one seemed the most Star like Trek. No, 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 I no, I'm just going like that one seemed to me the most like a Star Trek episode. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why. Mainly because you know they like to crash land on planets a lot. Like, no, I we, mean you're, we do you're like not to do. Wrong. We like to blow up our yeah. ship yeah, a lot. You're, and you're not wrong, but but you're wrong. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, you're, no you're absolutely right. It, the whole episode was essentially an away mission, <laughs> mm -hmm. which I think is why mm -hmm. it got through because it was sort of like, all right, maybe let's not do like a the whole galaxy is ending storyline. Let's try to do something more contained, mm -hmm. which is I think that was. Um, uh, I'm blanking on his name, the writer and the guy who played Scotty in the movies. Uh, Simon Pegg. Simon, yeah. Simon Peggs. Oh, that was Simon I love Pegg's, him. Uh, whole pitch was like, yeah. let's just do what would be a classic Trek away mission uh, as a whole movie. Um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, just like every other episode of Star Trek, they kill half the crew. Because, I mean, it's not a Star Trek movie unless you kill, like, 90% of the crew. <laughs> so so look forward to that on Strange New Worlds. <laughs> Which is going to be crazy because we only got, like, seven people. So. Oh, man. What, it's a episode, really short series. Each episode, they off one character. Oh, no. It's going to be fun. Um, get ready for that. Paramount loves it. They... <laughs> that, that was Aaron's, like, what a big pitch Be like, i want us to kill one member of the like the crew like because see here's the thing like it's one of those like if you kill a kid in like an animation you're probably going to win an emmy so it's like here we're like we're giving ourselves like a bunch of chances to win an emmy here so they're going mm. hardcore i mean it's like russian roulette here with the episode every episode he's like who's gonna go next you know <laughs> like really we only have Dee bradley <laughs> baker for one episode you guys figure that one out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, pro- pro- Prodigy. It's basically a whole new crew every other episode. Um, a and and just Murph. <laughs> Murph is the only survivor. Murph is the only survivor. <laughs> oh, guys, He's this gonna... was fun. We need is to, Murph we need like to a gelatinous blob? Does he just absorb everybody at the end yes. of the pilot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he eats them all, absorbs their memories. <laughs> That's his secret. Um, we did, we need to do another one of these. It was super fun. Just chatting some, chatting some Trekness. Mm -hmm. Um, where can everybody find you guys social media wise? And when your shows start everybody, but Bill, he doesn't get to tell us his is still (laughs) under wraps. Um, let's start with, uh, start with Bonnie. Okay. Uh, hello everyone. You can find me all over the interwebs at Bonnie Bell G. Uh, or just search my name. I'm easy to find. And watch Star Trek Prodigy on October 28th. Or if this comes out after, watch it in the past and in the future on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, and if you want to check out my comedy band, it's at Library Bards. Hey, we have Star Trek songs. Check it out. That is awesome. Yeah, this episode comes out on November 1st. So you can so you in the past, watch the first episode of... Watch the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about you, Aaron? So I'm my plugs are gonna look a lot like Bonnie's. Um, so yeah, you can find me at Good Aaron. That's G O O D A A R O N uh, on all social medias. Twitter and Instagram are the ones where I'm probably the most active. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll I'll plug Star Trek Prodigy as well. It uh, you know <laughs> if you're listening to this right when the podcast comes out, uh, uh, that would be November. First, uh, you'll ha- the pilot will be out, and you know we're doing a 10, 10 episode drop, uh, or not all at once, but uh, weekly, uh, you know, as sparceled out into the new year. So uh, check it out; you'll probably uh, enjoy it quite a bit, and watch it. It's we're making it for the whole family, so young and old should be able to enjoy it together. If you're new to Trek, it's intentionally designed to help guide you into it, so you can mm-hmm. catch all of these amazing references we've been making for the past hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Jason. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I am looking at- Jason leverage. forgot we're doing a podcast for a second. I think he was re-watching Star Trek V. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> That's what I Are love about Jason. Like Jason's that? on yeah. our show, but he's what? not on our show. That's what I love about it. I was uh, looking at Library Bards. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Love, love the poster. Love the picture. Thank um, you. Yes, you can find me um, uh, on Twitter. Uh, prepare to be underwhelmed at aboysimpson.com. At aboysimpson. And uh, Instagram um, at simpsagrams. Oh, that's cute. And and your show. What's that? Your show. Oh. Yeah, we're working on uh, season four of the Dragon Prince. Woo! Um, very happy to to be doing that, and uh, that'll be out. Uh, you know, when it's out, uh, that's the number one question I've been asked uh, probably in my whole life. When is season four? So it's coming. Uh, we're doing our best. So looking forward to it. Nice. And it's yeah. the Emmy Award winning. You should you should refer to it by its Story. full title. The Emmy Award winning Sorry. Yeah, show. Emmy Award winning uh, The Dragon Prince. There you go. Thanks. Uh, Thanks. Bill. <laughs> um, well, I, I have to just geek out for a second with bon- on Bonnie and Aaron here. I'm so excited for Prodigy. Genuinely, genuinely, genuinely excited for Prodigy. I cannot 
wait for it. Um, Thank you. I, I'm, uh, I will be writing you guys fan mail. Angry fan mail. It looks amazing. Um, and it's, uh, I'm, I'm excited that there's so many awesome people working on it that uh, uh, it's, it seems so cool. So it's from the bottom of my heart, I cannot wait. Um, well, li- likewise for Strange New Worlds. Uh, when yes. We date. I mean, um, it's a it's a 100% mutual feeling. I kind of geeked out a little when I saw that you were joining and I was like, oh. I, I've, I've read all the episodes. Your episodes are very good, Bill. Oh, thank you. Um, I have uh, not. And I feel like I also needed opinion on this. So if you want to send them to my private <laughs> inbox, I would be more than happy to give my personal opinion. <laughs> Um, we, we don't know exactly <laughs> when the, I, 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 uh, Bonnie, uh, uh I'm going to send you some fan mail, Bonnie. <laughs> and maybe Man. there's a script in there. I don't know. I'm totally um, in. <laughs> um, uh, we, we don't know when it's going to come out yet, but it will come out soon, uh, um, ish, uh, at a star date, you know, to be determined. Um, uh, my, my Twitter handle is flying lobster, uh, um it's actually flying underscore lobster uh um I, I, apparently there's another flying lobster before me so i had to put an underscore in oh no <laughs> um and i've had that handle for a long time i used to be uh, a lobster mascot for the uh la Ro- roller derby um and that's what? that that was when when i uh adopted the uh flying lobster handle um and i had a, I had a flying helmet on um so uh how was that such a it, casual comment? yeah you know <laughs> Back in the day when I was a lobster. <laughs> because that would have been the whole podcast. If we, if we Let's go back. That. Rewind. We're going to redo this. We're going to start with, you should start with this, Bill. Yeah, start. definitely start with that. One of my, one of my, one of my past, past lives. I, I spent a lot of time with the LA, LA roller derby, um, the derby dolls. Um, and uh, I'm on also on Instagram. I don't, I'm not on Instagram as much, um, but I am there at Bill Wears Ties. Um so that's my handle there. So uh, do we for you, Bill, for you. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, that's, that's where I can be found. Nice. Uh, what about you, Jaden? So I have the same handle on everything. Pretty simple. Um, I'm pixel latte. It's P I I X E L A T T E. Um, I got that nickname from like a combination of being a digital artist and also I worked at Starbucks for a long time. So it's like a little pun, like pixel latte <laughs> instead of pixelated. So that's my little handle. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And we'll put everybody's links and everything in the show notes so you can check those out. So everyone, everything will be there. So you can click on everybody, do your follows. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh O'Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at What's Up Fandom on Twitter at What's Up Fandom PC for podcasts. All of our episodes available wherever you can download a podcast. So iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, Spotify. Uh, we have our all of our uh, this content, video content on our YouTube channel, which is What's Up Fandom, and on our website, animationstationpodcast.com. Uh, thanks to Wild Bills for the uh, sponsoring this episode. Yeah. There you go. Got a plate. Oh, that's beautiful. Should do a whole thing. Like I that's all the security. It's that's all security. Oh there's part of me that wants to just like replace all of my plates with just like Star Trek commemorative plates. And I think because I think that would be amazing. They are they are very toxic. You cannot eat all of them. Yeah, I feel like (laughs) never mind. Can I say something very quickly, Josh? Can I say something very quickly? Yeah. Twenty years ago, just out of film school, I I was working on this movie. I was just playing an extra in the background. I was walking to set on the streets of Vancouver 
where I'm from, East Vancouver. The mean streets of Vancouver. The mean streets of Vancouver. <laughs> there's a there's a guy sitting in a doorway on the street, and he's like, ah, it's change. You got to change. And I, I, I don't think I had any. I was with my wife. You got to change. And he kind of burped. Blah. And we're like, I'm so sorry. And we walked upstairs, and we were in the green room in this hotel. 30 minutes later, this guy walks in, and it was Rene Aubergenois, who plays this homeless man in the movie, but he he walked, he, sorry, just seeing that play reminded me how incredible this man was. So he, wow. he, he, was, he was putting you on. He was, he was pretending putting me on. Oh, home. yes. Yes. Wow. Amazing. Uh, but he walked in and he was just the most lovely, incredible human. I forgot how much <laughs> I loved him as Odo until I saw that plate. So thank you for reminding me. He was me. such, he was so good. Yeah. Sorry, oh. Josh. Uh, yeah. It's just in the middle of my, our product uh, sponsor pitch, <laughs> but whatever. Um, <laughs> Wild Bills <laughs> loves it. Awesome. Wild Bills uh, you can awesome. use code fandom to check out and get 10% off your purchase. Um, and thanks to uh, one out of 10 for the intro and outro for this episode, which you can't hear here just because there you go. But yeah, so uh, yeah, thanks for them. They're touring right now in SoCal. So give them a sh- uh, give them a listen. Um, and they're on Spotify, one out of 10. Um, guys, thank you all. And, and ladies, thank you all so much for coming on. I do appreciate it. I will say there was ulterior motives. The only reason I wanted you on here is so I could uh, hopefully Paramount pays attention and I can get some of those cool Star Trek boxes with all the swag. <laughs> I still really haven't, I haven't gotten I, one either. I, so, I, I mean, those. yeah, we all want them. Like Paramount, get on that because <laughs> I'm just saying. Those discovery boxes come with cool booze and stuff like that. Like that's super dope stuff. And I'm sure the and I'm sure the strange new worlds one gonna come up with booze too. Mm-hmm. Like and that's booze what, and maybe a gun because I mean it's gonna be booze. a dark series. That's exactly what you want me to you know you want me to be drinking booze when I live tweet the episodes. <laughs> this is you know wait for that. my wit my yeah. wit exceeds expectations when I'm on whiskey or bloodline. Uh. I, I think I have paid for almost all of my Star Trek swag. <laughs> yeah. In, including my, my many journals, which are all captain's logs. <laughs> oh, cool. I mean, cool. had to do the, uh, I mean, just in case it was one of those, just in case Bill wasn't oh, here, here. Like I was going we're, to, we're getting a show. We're getting, Oh, it's a, a show that you didn't pay for, nor oh. would you want to <laughs> uh, like, and subscribe, I mean, everybody like, and subscribe. Gotta support the best show right now. The best of the star Treks that currently just ended like a week ago. So I guess we're okay with that. Um, but you thank you all again so much for coming on. Uh, this is super fun. Uh, last question. Who is your favorite Savic? <laughs> yeah, to piss off everyone in the world. It's like, who was your favorite Savic? Wow. <laughs> I mean, is there a right answer? Good. I mean, I think there's a right answer. I mean, I'm gonna say Robin Curtis. Always Robin Curtis. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say, I, I, it's. It was the eyebrows, man. It was the eyebrows with Robin Curtis. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, for reasons. For, <laughs> I, I will say, just on, on a purely performance level, I lean towards Kirstie Alley. I will say nothing else than that. <laughs> well said. There you go. I'll just All plead right. the fifth. That works too. That works too. <laughs> uh, all right. So, for What's Up Fandom, I'm Josh. I'm Jason. No, uh, I'm. And I'm Aaron. I would like. I'm Bill. <laughs> <laughs>
It worked out so well. Bye, everybody. I <laughs> Just guess, like I guess, I guess live long and prosper. Live I guess we do prosper. that. Is that how you're supposed to end yeah. Star Trek podcasts and stuff? Yes. Yeah. May the great, may, may the great uh, river of wealth forever flow in your direction. <laughs> I think that's, uh, I think that's a Ferengi thing. All right. All right. Our mind to your minds. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Show.